Have you ever wanted to hear your voice on this podcast? Well, here's your chance. We are a little obsessed with Black Friday around the Fitness Protection Program. I'm from the country, y'all. Black Friday wasn't a thing when I was growing up. I can't lie. I still don't completely understand it. Are the discounts really that deep? Are the sales that much better in store? Or is it a family tradition like a way to escape all the football in the house? That I do get. If you are physically like showing up somewhere to shop slash wait in line slash beat people up, you must tell me where and why. Please record a voice note and send to Coach Sarah at CoachedAndLove.com. Again, that's Coach Sarah at CoachedAndLove.com. Help me explain what Black Friday means to you because, again, I don't totally get it. If you do, you could be featured on the Running Life podcast. Yay! I saw a sign in a shop window that said, we treat you like family. And I was like, nope, no thanks. I'll find it on Amazon. Hi, this is Coach MK, and this is The Morning Mantra. Hi, my name is MK Fleming. I'm a run coach based in Denver, Colorado. But this isn't a podcast about running exactly. Don't tell my clients, but we're never really talking about the running. When you know a craptastic event is coming, it helps to have a mantra to keep you centered and focused as you move through it. You don't have to be an athlete to be hashtag coached and loved by Coach MK. And if you are here, then you are hashtag winning at life. Today's mantra is, don't be daft, Karen. Don't be daft, Karen. I think it's safe to say that Shady Bitch Lesson number one was a massive hit. Thank you for all the emails, all the feedback. Sounds like there's a real need for these. So, lesson number two, as I hinted in the previous podcast, kill them with details. To recap, conversations are like a game of tennis, and if you want to win, you got to be Serena and slam the ball away from you the second it lands in your court. You have more power than you think you do. Don't ever forget it. Let the first rule of improv guide you. Just go with it. Here's what that means. Whatever is said, take it literally. Don't question it. If they say, I don't understand, they mean it. They haven't taken the time to think about it and never will. There is nothing you can say to make them understand. It's not about you. It's about them. The subject of the sentence is I, for Christ's sake. This is verbal tennis. Do not stand there and hold the ball. Serve. Now, I'm a loudmouth woman. Everything I say and everything I don't say has consequences. I'm hyper aware of this. I have to be. If I say something incendiary, I'm rarely unaware of it. I've probably run the calculations in my head and decided I had nothing to lose. And here's the thing, neither do you. When I say I have nothing to lose, I mean I am in the prisoner's dilemma. When I've shut a question down politely twice, That's me being magnanimous. That's me being generous with my family. Answering that question honestly may require me to divulge deeply personal information that the other person doesn't want to hear or information I just don't want to share in that environment in that moment. A person who has never had to think about the consequences of what comes out of their mouth might not realize that I'm avoiding the question, bless their hearts. I can understand it when a man does it, but never 
when a woman does it. When a woman does it, especially a woman who should know what I'm doing, who should see the signs, I am way less forgiving. I know women are supposed to support women, but when you fail to support me, you get what you get and you don't throw a fit. Here's an example. I was sitting with a group of people I didn't know particularly well when, in response to me saying that I have four kids, one particularly drunk woman asked if we had figured out where the babies came from. I said, well, since you asked, and boy, I'm so glad you asked, we've ruled out anal, but blowies are still in play, and so far threesomes feel really safe as long as they're all women, but we record them just to be sure and discuss it with our friends later. You know, in safe spaces where that sort of thing is acceptable because not everyone wants to hear about it, but yeah, yeah, pregnancy, it's such a mystery, but seriously, thank you. No one ever asks me about my sex life, and I'm really grateful you brought it up. The anal sex phase was really not fun, but I did it for Jesus, you know, to preserve my sexuality for my husband, and I really think it was worth it. I mean, I never liked sitting down anyway. God knows I didn't need to do it for the, those five years. And that, by the way, that not sitting down thing, that's why we installed the sex swing. Did you know you don't actually have to sit down in those? Did you know you can fit three grown men with nipple clamps in those, like not touching? Technology has come such a long way. I kept talking and talking until everyone around me was like, okay, okay, we get it. And I was like, oh, really? Did I make you uncomfortable? I'm so sorry. My social skills just suck. Ugh, cock. They suck. I know that was supposed to make me feel embarrassed, and that's what's funny to you, but I am not here for your entertainment. I'm a humorless bitch. You know what? You would be too after all that anal. I refuse to be the butt of that joke. I get that this particular joke is common and on the surface harmless, but most who know me would think twice before making commentary about my intellect and my sexuality in one fell swoop in front of people I do know, much less people I do not know. What are you trying to say about me? About my kids? Who the F are you to comment on my vagina? Because that's what you did. Don't ever insinuate that my kids were the results of accidental interactions and are somehow less worthy in this world. How dare you. The real reason I was mad though, the friend I was with that night, the one who brought me to that dinner, cannot have children. The notion that I could have produced four out of sheer irresponsibility ignores her existence, but they weren't thinking about her when they made that comment. These are her friends. We don't talk enough about fertility. We are focused on vaginas. And I wanted to make that woman every bit as uncomfortable as my friend felt in that moment. I wanted to make a bigger point. I'm sure all they heard was wah, 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 because once a person is uncomfortable, they stop listening and just wait for it all to end. But I don't care. I don't need you to listen. And you don't need to know about my vagina. That's one example. <laughs> Here's another. I don't look disabled, but I'm deaf in my left ear. Asking me how that happened. Probing for details instead of pivoting when I say, eh, you know, college stupidity is a long time ago. Pushing me in that moment means you're going to hear about the blow to my skull just above my left ear that knocked me to the ground right before I was raped. See, you don't want the truth, and I don't want to tell it. And that's obvious. So if I lie, and you get a sense that I'm hiding something, and you get excited to push... And then I tell the truth. You're going to be embarrassed because that information is deeply personal. It's not what you wanted to hear. You were hoping I would divulge something that embarrassed me, not a secret deep shame. 
Am I really the one lacking social skills in these situations? I don't think so. When you put me in a position where I can't win, congratulations, that means you are officially here for my entertainment. And I'm a reach for whatever makes you the most uncomfortable because that's how humor works, right? Making someone else uncomfortable. I'm going to make you sorry you asked. And if anyone tries to school me about it afterwards, I'm going to ask, well, where the fuck were you when I was being hurt, when I was being pushed? And why the fuck aren't you having this conversation with the person who pushed me, not for me, for responding the way that I did? Did I ruin your party? Or did you not control the situation? And how is that my problem? When you realize you weren't in a friendly place, when the people who are supposed to know you best can't remember which ear you're deaf in or that you are at all, and get really offended when you ask them to speak up or stare at their mouth to make sure you're understanding the words coming out of it because that's weird makes them uncomfortable, it becomes really easy to leave. Any situation where you're uncomfortable is likely not one you asked for or invented. The discomfort is rarely a result of your lack of social skills. The problem is not you. And this is the lesson I learned the hard way when I was raped. This is where the MK you know now was born. You can do everything right and still not win. You can do everything right and still not get justice. So what incentive now do I have to do anything the right way? If I can't win... I do what works best for me. And what works best for me probably won't work for you. So I'm so sorry you're just now learning the lesson I learned as a kid and need to think about what comes out your mouth before you open it. But this world is changing and we don't have to play by rules that never did work for us in the first place. The carrot is rotten. Here's the stick. And neither do you. This is your power. Don't play that game. Slam the ball into their court. Slam unnecessary details, even if you have to make them up, into their brains. Scar their souls with the fiery heat of your truth. Say all the things you know you're not supposed to say, and maybe they won't ask you twice. Just answer that question. They clearly won't rest until you do. Keep talking until you find that place where they finally get the message and change the subject, never to revisit it again. Remember... This isn't about you. You are not the problem. And it's fun. Oh my god, it's fun. Hell yeah, I'm a loose cannon, but I have fun when I fire. It doesn't hurt me anymore. People who don't know me, who call me volatile, are people who don't belong anywhere near me because what they are really saying is that I cannot be counted on to be a team player, to be quiet, when I'm being treated like shit. I own my power, and I am to be feared. Not because I'm powerful. Because I know how powerless I actually am, and that is what makes me shameless. So, the mantra. The next time someone, especially a family member, asks you a question that is painful, one that would require you to disclose really personal details that they've probably already gotten in the past, details they don't really want to hear anyway and you don't want to share, look that person in the face and say, Don't be daft, Karen. That's you being kind. That's a warning. Don't ask. Don't plead. Serve. P.S. If we ever do meet in person, you might want to think twice before asking me if any of those uncomfortable details about my sex life are actually true. No matter what I say or where I say it, it will never be any 
of your business and yours will never be anyone else's. You don't owe anyone anything that makes you uncomfortable or unnecessarily vulnerable, including the truth about something that does not pertain to them. You are not here for their entertainment, no matter how entertaining or how open you may be. You are coached, you are loved, and you are winning at life. And you are definitely winning at life if you subscribe to my Nuzzle Nut newsletter, follow me on Facebook, or follow me on Instagram. Feel free to do all three. 